Hey, what an honor it is to be able to take you guys through part three of Excess. And uh, we're just going to jump straight in, church, because uh, who here in the church right now is absolutely desperate for Jesus to do something in their life right now? Because if you've come out for cute church this morning, if you've come out for a bit of a kumbaya Christian singing uh, ordeal, then uh, this is not the place for you because this morning we really want to tackle and we really want to deal with, and God really wants to administer to people who are desperate for Jesus. Because if we would be desperate for Jesus, then we would start to really see a move in the way that He wants to move. That we would start to see breakthrough in the way that we should be seeing breakthrough. Because I don't know about you, I read in my Bible, and my Bible is full of this God who is absolutely amazing, who is absolutely miracle-working all the time, non-stop. And so if we ain't seeing that in our lives... There's only really one difference, isn't it? And I don't think it's God. Just letting it sink in. Reality check. So hey, this morning I'm here for the desperate people. People desperate for Jesus. This message is for all the desperate people in the house this morning. And so if you're taking notes, the title of this message is called Duff Duff. Duff Duff. That is a reference to all the youngins in the room. Because it represents noise. So everything that I want to speak about this morning has to do with the noise inside of your head. Because how many of us, who can relate? Is there anyone in the room that seems to find themselves running on a bit of a rat wheel inside their brain, unable to get off, only to find yourself looking to the left and right and finding yourself that you're the only one on the wheel? So what are you up to? Anyone in the room that has ever gone to sleep and woken up worse off? Like you wake up like you think that, did I even sleep? Am I living in the matrix? Is something going on? Because it feels like I feel more exhausted and more over being over than when I went to sleep. The message this morning is for those people. For the people in the room that maybe you just feel like your mind is set on loudspeaker and you've just got a constant going on in your head and you've tried time and time again to shut that noise up and to turn off the noise church would you say it with me turn off the noise because this morning this is what we're going to do the aim this morning is to turn off the noise so for me uh, this journey began with this whole noise concept It, it came to an abrupt halt if you will In September 2014, just before one conference, I found myself three days before that uh, in a pile of rubbish, absolute rubbish. Everything that had gone wrong, I thought that could have gone wrong except dying had basically taken place. And for uh, the age, I think I was about 18 or 19, like my world was ending. And so my brother had just gone to jail. Uh, work was basically turning to rubbish. I just broke up with a long-time girlfriend. Like, all the things that were important at that time were, were just not going down right. And I found myself three days before conference at my friend's house because I had dramas with my parents, so I wasn't really staying with them or staying at a friend's house. Three days before conference, 9.30 in the morning, woke up, distraught, wondering what had happened, looking at my life and thinking, how could this be? If if those of you who know the story of of Jesus on the cross saying the exact same thing, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me, God? Why have you done all this to me? Why have I been left abandoned? God, you said you loved me. It doesn't look like love. So church, is there anyone in the room right now that is struggling also with this concept, but is also 
running the race inside your mind. Church, it's time to turn off the noise. It's time to turn off the noise. I remember yelling at God that that morning and and just, you know what? I'm going to go to a conference. That's why I'm a massive fan of conference. If you haven't been to our national conference, you have to sign up. You have to get there. You have to prioritize it. I know it's in the middle of your working week. Quit your job. No, 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 I'm just joking. But, um, or am I? No. um, Call in sick. (coughs) But, um, hey, look. For me, conference was a real awesome time of breakthrough, but three days before that, I didn't see that breakthrough coming. Three days before that, I did, all I could see and all I could feel, but most importantly, all I could hear were the voices inside of my head. And so if you have your Bibles, would you pull those out? Would you wave them in the ear like you just do care? Oh, I see that one. It's glowing. Well, that's anointed. Wow. Okay. Can I use your Bible afterwards? No. And we're going to jump over to Mark chapter 4, and we'll be jumping into verse 35. This is a significant story for me because this brought about what would be uh, a journey towards Christ. And so let us read together. If you don't have your Bibles, it's up on the screen. But let's jump in. Verse 35 says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. What a guy, eh? He must have been an islander, sleeping through all that noise, just saying. Anyway, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher! Don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Some translations say, Peace, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let us pray. Lord, I just pray that you would speak so loudly and clearly that your word will come out, that you would pierce the hearts of every single person here, and that you would lay a message of hope, but most importantly, lay a message of peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, the story is so profound, because if we jump back to verse 35, it begins with a promise. Even before they had left, it begins with the promise that Jesus told them, let us go over to the other side. Need I remind the church this morning, has God spoken to you to say, let us go over to the other side, meaning that he is actually in the boat with you. Now, if you are in a storm and you are struggling to comprehend how it's going to end and you think it's going to end in wreckage, just like the disciples, why would Jesus be in the boat with you if your boat is going to wreck? Church, do you need to be reminded this morning That God is saying, let us go over to the other side, meaning you are going to get through, meaning there is still hope. Can we restore hope for a moment? But most importantly, can we silence the noise? Church, again, I say it's time to turn off the noise because the only noise and the only voice that you should be listening to is what God has to say. And what he's saying right now is let us go over to the other side. For some of us, 
it means that we need to stop declaring just like the disciples. The disciples were declaring, are you going to let us drown? Looking at this negative, how many of us can find ourselves in a similar situation where we focus on everything going wrong? Instinctively, this is something that's taught to us by schools because as I remember, when I went to school, if we did a test, we'd say, let's write out 100 words. I'd get 89 words right, but the teacher would tell me about all the 11 words that I got wrong. See, this message that Jesus is bringing is so countercultural because it comes against everything that we've ever been taught. And Jesus wants to say right now, I know that you've been taught a thing, but I have come to restore. I have come to bring peace where there is absolute noise. Church, would you turn off the noise? Just like the disciples, they were declaring a thing over their lives that they were going to drown. And Jesus had the audacity had the audacity to get up and show them exactly who he was yet again, though. Because how many of us know that even God has done some, might have done some awesome things in your life, but still we struggle to have faith? I don't know about you, but I'm definitely in that boat that I know for a fact that I can definitely struggle with the concept of trusting in God, still having hope, still pressing in. What? Can I say that? I'm a pastor. What? Yeah, it's normal. So it's okay, church, but you need to understand that Jesus is in your boat. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. How many of us right now need to declare something over our own minds to just say, quiet, be still, and see the peace of God that transcends all understanding come in, and flood over your life into a place. I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to solve the issues. You know, this whole concept with journeying with Jesus doesn't mean it makes it easier. It doesn't mean that everything's miraculously turned out for good and, and, and you're going to have a million dollars in your bank account tomorrow if you accept them. What I am saying, though, is it gifts us with someone who will journey with us. Someone else to be on the boat. Who, when we can't say quiet, be still, would say quiet and be still to the mind would say quiet and be still for us and we would see complete calm. Church, I have to ask you a question. Why are we so afraid of silence? Why are we so afraid? In the exact words of Jesus, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith that God can still bring breakthrough? Do you still have faith, church, that there is hope in the season that you find yourself in? That it's not your situation that should define your faith, but your faith should craft your situation and it should all bend and bow before the throne room of God. Because Jesus is sovereign, amen? He is always for you, amen? Whoo! I know I heard a couple of people not say amen then, but this is what we're talking about because God is all for you, that would you still have the faith, even when your situation around you would say that you are drowning and it is game over, God would say there is still hope, there is still a position and there is still a place because there's still breakthrough over your life. Why? Because Jesus is in the boat with you. Can you get it this morning, church? Because if we can understand this, It's a game changer because he is always with us. 
He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're a follower in this house, that is a promise of the most heavenly God. And so I want to share a couple of keys to success because this was the verse that I was presented with in one conference. The first day, someone came and spoke this verse over me and said, you have been yelling and basically declared exactly what happened three days before. You were in the morning, you were standing in your friend's lounge and this is exactly what was going on. I was like, well, this is hectic. How did you know? What a stalker. I knew this church was weirdos. Uh, But this was... God ministering to me and giving me an absolute download and telling me, be still and trust. Everything's going wrong, but there is one thing that will remain, and it's Jesus. And so there's a word for you this morning, church. Can you be encouraged that Jesus is still there? He's still with you. I know there is confusion. I know there is doubt. I know there is pain, but the pain is not in vain because the best is yet to come. My keys to success for this is to craft personal disciplines for yourself. And there are two personal disciplines I want to share with you because it has helped my journey to get me to where I am at today. Is that all good, church? You want, to, you want, so you want some keys to success? Do you want some practical things to help you in this week ahead? And so the first for me is prayer. Woo! I already know what you're thinking. Some of you in the room right now are like, oh, here we go again. That same old thing. Just go and pray for it. I'm struggling with it. Go and get prayer. And I know you're already thinking. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, some of you in this room, here he goes again, the church saying the same old thing. But church, hear the words of Philippians 4, starting at verse 6. I'm reading from the Passions Translation. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Woo! Now that's a first step for most of us. Sheesh! Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. This is prayer. This is a pure picture of what it looks like to submit and to surrender all things in your life to Christ. Even the things that you most definitely think you got sorted. Yeah, we've all been there. But every single thing, submit it. Learn to let it go to God. Learn to ask God to be a part of all of these decisions, all of these things going on. There is nothing too small that God does not want to be a part of. I I think I even said it last week, but I want you to preach it, say it like this. It God wants to be a part of you mowing the lawns and doing the dishes while reading the Bible and all the rest, even while you go toilet. I mean, it sounds a bit weird, but this concept that God wants to be involved in every single area of your life. Church, I ask the question and I'll, I'll say it again. Is there anyone in the house that is desperate to see Jesus move in your life and actually experience breakthrough? Because no longer should it be this thing that whether it's just me All the pastors in this church experience awesome things that God is absolutely relational because there is no difference between this platform and all of you sitting in your seats right now. Can we understand that for just a moment? 
It's time to turn off the noise. It's time to turn off the noise. We're going to jump into my second key of success because the first one being prayer. If you don't know what prayer is, prayer is just a conversation with your Father in heaven. The way I put it is Jesus is my brother, Holy Spirit my best friend, and God is my Father. And so I just want to hang out with the trio. Let's have a yarn. A korerote Māori. But it's time to speak. Because that's what relationship's all about, is it? Do we see such a struggle with relationships in this day and age? Why? Because of the lack of... Time to get talking and time to get turning off the noise. The second key to success is connect groups. I have to plug this in because there is nothing like getting a group of people around you where you will find freedom. Absolutely. We need people in our life. If Jesus himself and God himself is in community up in heaven, how much more do we need community? He's got three people. We need about 50. (laughs) But this concept that we need people around us to carry the burdens along the journey. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 24 says this, and let us consider how we may spur on one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, surely not us. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Church, need I remind you that Jesus is coming back and he is coming for his bride. He is coming for the church and we are going to be living in heaven. And this is a moment in time that we get on this earth. Do not miss your moment with Christ. Do not miss the peace of God that he has in store for you. And connect groups, can I just speak to the guys in the room for just a moment? All the men, I need you to be listening up. And this is so countercultural and there is absolute offense in every single way meant because right now we are living in a day and age where there is this concept for men to man up. And I want to speak against this for a quick moment because the world don't need men to man up. What the world need men to do is to man down, is to get on our knees and be desperate enough to see Jesus and seek Jesus in every area of our life. We don't need more stretch rogues walking around the street. We need more people absolutely desperate that we would show the next generation a picture of what it looks like to experience breakthrough in your lives. Men in the room right now, can we just learn to be vulnerable for a moment? Like, is it okay to actually say we don't have it all together? Is it actually okay for us to show some cracks? I think so, because the more that we show our cracks, the more that there is room for light to shine in between such things. And so church, would you understand this morning, men in the room, I am speaking specifically to you because this is our issue in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Male suicide, whoo. It's on a rise. All because we have this crazy idea that it's all about man up, man up, boy, man up, boy. Harden up. Church, can we just be vulnerable for a moment? Can we just be desperate for Jesus enough to say, man down, man down. I need Jesus. I'm jacked up. I've got issues. Can someone help me? Man down, man down. Church, this is the picture of what it looks like for the church we must get this right church because there is so much at stake we must learn to turn off the noise because there is so much going on that is taking us away from Christ when everything that is within us is yearning for him 
Don't turn away. Just turn off the noise. What would your life look like if you let peace in, if you let peace be, and you learn to turn off the noise? Turn off the noise. I don't know where you're standing right now or sitting or where you're at with Jesus, but I just want to paint this awesome picture because in Mark chapter four, we were looking at this picture of Jesus being on the boat with you, that he wants to promise you that you will make it to the other side, that there is another side to the storm. And I don't know where you're at right now with life and the hecticness and the craziness that is going on, but God wants to say, will you journey with me to the other side? I know that you have looked left and on your right and you have only found friends and family that have consistently let you down. I know that you have always looked backwards because you've gone to the things that you were once set free from, but that you have found to yet again imprison you because it's the only thing you know. Jesus is saying right now, would you take a moment because it's not on your left, you won't find it there. It's not on your right, you won't find it there either. It's not behind you either. There's only one place you're gonna find it and it's up. It's if you would just submit, accept the, the concept of man down and if you would just look up. Church, I'm about to say a prayer and there, if there is anyone in this room that has ever struggled with this concept or, or you're just like, oh, I don't know about this God thing. I don't know about Jesus. Life isn't really peaceful right now. I've always had this thing, if you hit rock bottom, there's only one way up. If you've got nothing left, I encourage you. It was the greatest decision I ever made in 2014. And so church, with every eye bowed, with every eye closed, sorry, head bowed, I'm gonna say a prayer. And I just wanna encourage you, you don't have to say this out loud, but I just need you to confirm this within your heart. This is a step towards freedom. And so Lord Jesus, we pray right now, have your way, come into our lives. Father, you are my savior. I believe you died and rose again. Everything I have, I commit to you. I ask for your peace, for your love, and for your comfort. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Church, I wanna leave you with one thought. And Grant's gonna talk about something a bit after, but just this one thought that I really wanna wrap up this whole message and talk about. And it's just saying, whatever is happening to us doesn't have to be what comes through us. The disciples found themselves in the situation on the boat where there was something happening to them. And because it was happening to them, it came through them in their audible voice when they said, Jesus, do you not care that we are going to drown? But God would say, we are going to the other side. Church, can you understand that whatever is happening to us doesn't have to come through us. If anger is being thrown at you, you don't have to throw anger back. If hatred is coming to you, you don't have to throw hatred back. This is the whole concept of the Bible because it's so countercultural. It means everything. It's so, so, so strange and so new, but it will fulfill you like never before. So church, I finish with this concept. It's time to turn off the noise. It's time to quiet, be still. And see calmness come into your life. See peace like never before. And as I hand over to Grant, whatever is happening to us doesn't have to come through us.